Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast that, much like the Trojan horse, smuggles itself onto your podcasters with promises of greatness, when in fact, as soon as the initial pleasantries are out of the way, we'll release the kraken of giggling toilet humour and dad jokes. <laughs> Obviously, I'm just talking about me here, never my compadres, Simon and James. How are you, boys? I think that's fairly accurate. For me, to be <laughs> I like how you're crossing mythologies with the Kraken in, uh, in, in Troy. <laughs> this is true. Um, anything sword sandals and uh, glistening bodies, uh, I'm mixing up at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> and boy, are we going to be talking about some, yeah, some sexy men, oily, oily humans <laughs> later on. <laughs> how are you both? Are you okay? Yeah, good, good Bob. Good. good. How are you? Always good. Always, always. Well, I don't know whether I'm always good, but I'm very happy today to see you both. We made it through half term again. Survived. survived yes, uh, survived. Uh, sadly, I don't think I've su- I've survived it without traumatizing another child's <laughs> dreams. Uh, but we'll get to that when we get to what we've been watching. But um, never mind me. What have you guys been watching? Um, so yeah, I wanted to shout out a couple of like genuine 2023 releases that I saw on the big screen back in Feb. They're probably going to be on VOD, both of them, uh, rather soonish. But you know how it is in this country. We don't get all the awards movies due until like January, so they're technically yeah. 2022 films, but they don't come out over here until then. But these are released on both sides of the pond, 2023 releases. So the first one, Plane, incredible title. Oh, Jerry B. I knew you'd go and see that. You you are a big fan of Jerry B, are you? <laughs> Simon. Oh, uh, yeah. Honestly, Jerry B could release one of these enjoyably solid mid-budget 90s-style action vehicles every three months, and I would happily show up for every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, plane doesn't necessarily bring anything new to the passenger plane in peril action subgenre, but Jez is on good form... The action sequences are slickly put together and sweaty Mike Coulter is sledgehammering fools like an Attitude Era Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> of which was I was not expecting, but I realised that I needed that in my life and I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I dare say that had this film been released in 1993 as opposed to 2023, we might have already covered it. <laughs> Although it's got fairly <laughs> solid reviews, I think. And probably it has okay got decent reviews. It has, yeah, yeah. So it might be too good. For this podcast, then another one that I uh, that I was took in was absolutely delighted by "Knock at the Cabin," Ooh, which yeah. is from our good friend. So, God bless M Night and his dedication to mid-budget hundred-minute thrillers. "Knock at the Cabin" sort of maintains a suitably tense and claustrophobic tone throughout, thanks to the top-tier level of control its director displays behind the camera and the menacing empathy that an outstanding Dave Bautista displays in front of it uh, much like the book on which it is based the film sort of runs into issues albeit different ones once it enters the third act however despite the fact that it ever so slightly runs out of steam in its final movements knock at the cabin remains a brilliantly crafted gnarly genre movie that i thoroughly enjoyed and i see now that m night is moving from universal to warner brothers oh. maybe he's got sick of funding his own movies <laughs> And maybe he wants to make something a bit bigger. But since the the visit, I've pretty much enjoyed everything that he's made. And he's been self-financing all of these yeah, films. Yeah, props to keeping him. Keeping them around the $20 million budget. And this is another one. It's really good. It's a little bit different for him as well because it is, what? well, it's a 15 over here in the UK, R-rated 
in America, which is he's usually more in the PG thirteen sort of arena. But yeah, I was really impressed with it. And Batista's spot on, so good. He's very good in it, isn't he? I really enjoyed that. I thought it was. I haven't read the book, so I can't compare. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. The book is sort of more nihilistic, and in the final third, the events sort of play out differently. But then when I actually thought about what Shyamalan had done with his changes, I think his might actually be scarier uh, <laughs> because of the way that he ta- the direction that he takes it in. Uh, but yeah, no, really, really enjoyed that. So would recommend. And it, as I say, both of those will probably be on VOD fairly sharpish. Nice, man. Nice. As always, super solid recommendations there. Uh, si, what about you? Yeah, I mean, um, far too many to mention because it's been a few weeks since we last convened for a for a chinwag um but i saw a couple of things uh recently that really blew me away and sort of stood out amongst the bunch of films i watch uh firstly was the documentary fire of love which is just an incredible beautiful story of two volcanologists pieced together in like the most fantastic way it uses like really nice illustrations really gorgeous illustrations and rich sound design to go along with all that and then a lot of vintage film footage captured by katia and morris craft who the, the the subject of the film and these two absolute nutters who chased, <laughs> chased volcanoes for a living and filmed it all while doing it. Um, and they just make it all look so effortless <laughs> and artistic and, and really romantic because it's a, effectively a romance between the two of them and their love for each other and hot lava. Um, <laughs> and of course the French, like they make it all so beautiful. So of course they're French. Um, but what I found most interesting with it was like how all their films, when they went out and did all these vol- volcano films, strike a real they they bore a real striking resemblance to Wes Anderson's work in terms of like the symmetry of the framing and how it's all shot and the in camera zooms and and like how they act in the films themselves and and even how they look with like they've got uh, they have like boiler suits on and red woolly hats like it's all very Steve Sisu. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd seen these as a younger man and, and based the aesthetic, certainly from Life Aquatic around these two French lunatics. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's really good. And I think it's nominated for an Oscar. I think it's up for... Yeah, I think it's up for Best Doc, yeah. Um, and aside from a bit of a wanky VO, uh, a, a wanky over narration, it's, it's just a really good story and I absolutely loved it. Um, secondly, is an old film, but one I'd, I'd never seen before, um, which is uh, The Science of Sleep by Michel Gondry, another French lunatic. <laughs> um, uh, which is just a amazingly inventive film that's just so pure and lovely and very funny, whilst also being like, really human and quite melancholic. Yeah, honestly, just a really great film and, and I think a, a, a sort of masterpiece for me. I thought it was... Just brilliant. So much artistry on show with it. Yeah, I was just completely enamoured by it. And nice. was was like, I can't believe I've never seen this and really, really loved it. So, yeah. Cool. Very, 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 very cool. Um, enough for all sensible moviegoers to fill the boots there with your recommendations, gents. And now to bring the tone down. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh... I recommended a Gerard Butler action film. I'm well, yeah, this is true. This is true. 
Uh, but you're always very eloquent with it, though, James. You know um, the yeah, image no. of Triple H uh, um, smashing people up. Very pleasing. Um, so I, I watched Nobody with Bob Odenkirk, which I really enjoyed. Really enjoyed that. Good oh, movie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Really yeah, fun good. movie. Um, I also, uh, on a recommendation, watched Barbarian, um, which I loved very much. I find this a tough one to talk about, chaps, because um, it is uh, how best to put it. It's quite similar in tone um, to an author's work that you m- might both know. And I don't want to say too much more for fear of saying something that might get me into trouble. So I'll say it was really good. And if you like Barbarian, perhaps you should try out Blackstoke by the author Rob Parker. (laughs) For reasons that might become apparent. Is that the first time you've advertised one of your own books? First time I've ever talked about it. I think it is. Um, uh, Which after 97 episodes, no one could really say that I used this opportunity to plug my wares. So, yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, right. So we're going to have to move swiftly on before I get myself in legal trouble. So yes, I don't think moving. you're going to get in trouble. It's just a bit, like, all the because we had a chat on on our WhatsApp. There is a striking uh, similarity, and you sort of listed. I, I've read the book, obviously, and Thank I've you. I've seen the film, and I'd read the book a, a couple of years ago. So I kind of not say I forgot it, but no, obviously no. didn't didn't join the dots between the two of them when I saw Barbarian, and then you'd listed all the similarities, and I was like. Oh, yeah, it's quite a lot, isn't it? Well, I, I, <laughs> quite, I did stop at 25, <laughs> and the movie wasn't finished. Yeah. So. They're almost like written simultaneously as yeah. well. I so couldn't bizarre. possibly comment on this, uh, although me and the writer-director must be a couple of weird guys. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I'm obviously still very much a weird guy as well. Uh, by the way, Barbarian is, a, is brilliant. Go check it out on... Um, Disney Plus. Plus. Disney Plus, yes. Um, And it is uh, sick, so go and enjoy it if you like that sort of stuff. Where can you get get Black Blackstoke, Rob? You can get Blackstoke from all the usual major retailers like uh, the... Thank you for this, Si. I appreciate this. Um, You could get it from Barnes & Noble if you're in the States. You could get it from uh, direct from the publisher's Red Dog Press. They do have some signed copies available. And uh, they... You could get them from that Big River website as well, I believe. So, um, Ah. yeah. I recommend the Red Dog Press one because when I got it, it was all really nicely wrapped up. It was <gasps> yes, sir. Package. Thank you. And can I also <laughs> shout out about the Red Dog version? It does have the the cover art is particularly lovely, but the dust jacket once removed on the hardback reveals exactly the same art. So you can you know have it for best as well. <laughs> see. Anyway, moving forward. Um, on the topic of sickness, um, I was in uh, Centre Parks with the kids over the, the family break. And we were at the Sherwood Forest one. And I was telling them about, you know, the ne'er-do-well Robin Hood dude. And I thought, like, oh, my word. They love action movies. They love adventure stuff. They love Indiana Jones and James Bond and stuff. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, surely. So, <gasps> sat them down. And we started. In Sherwood Forest, you watched... No, it was actually we. Or was we it when you got yeah, home? it was when we when we'd left to try and keep the dream alive because <laughs> uh, they weren't very happy about leaving. <laughs> so we sat there. I got everyone a bowl of uh, pasta, spam pasta. So you all know, yeah, good stuff. Um, and any re- anyone wants that recipe, please get in touch. Um, <laughs> what is the <this> detail? <laughs> 
seasoned quite well, as we know. I like my soup to be triple triple seasoned. Um, and um, we started, and immediately I'd forgotten about the opener in you know when they're on the Crusades, and Robin Hood is in a some underground dungeon thing with people who are getting their hands cut off <laughs> and it traumatized uh especially my middle one sylvia and my eldest one um they were not pleased with what happened and it was incredibly graphic i, I forgot it's a that... pg as well isn't it no it's it's been upgraded to a 12 since uh, but i saw the 12 fair, thing and i thought that's fine <laughs> a bit like jurassic park jurassic park has sort of like in recent years been sort of upgraded to a 12 so um I thought, like, this would be absolutely fine, because all I could remember was, like, look into my eyes and all this. You know, I thought, like, it's going to be great. <laughs> the romance of it. Oh, the it? absolute romance. I always want to know where Brian Adams plugged his amp in. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought existential crisis incoming for me now at this point. Um, but they, yeah, and so what they do is they tie a little rope around the hand and leave it down, don't they? And then dude with a massive sword chops it off and what you saw in this particular cut that we watched i think was on netflix was the guy the guy holding down the hand pull the thing away and whip off the dismembered hand and um my children were like get it off get it off you know like this so that was bad books my five-year-old however was like i want to keep watching this this is ace (laughs) so um we didn't even get to the bit where robin hood gets to free everyone before i had to turn it off so uh, yeah i'm available for children's parties if you want your kids never sleep again (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um cinema screenings i think it'd be great doing kids cinema screenings um so uh yeah but i got really up for it because the music was great and then i saw kevin reynolds you know the name pop up and costner with a massive wig and beard on and i thought like i'm well into this now i'm dead dead up for it (laughs) Nope. I think it actually qualifies for FYI. I think, I think it does. does. Cautionary does. tale, yeah. Um, yeah. Although, could that be our 100? Oh, no. Oh, maybe. We could put it in the it's listeners' poll hat, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, Possibly, yeah. yeah. It's there for consideration, it, for sure. It is. Um, I did uh, check. Uh, I did type in my usual uh, investigation in the Google search bar, Bigfoot News. Uh, but the most recent <laughs> thing that came up was three weeks ago. Uh, and yeah, no, <laughs> there was no. Oh, we're news. not going to the corner. We're we're just no. We're leaving the corner where it is until there's something really. Until there's some big news to come back with. Yes, uh, I have been watching some scurrilous YouTube videos recently, um, which um, obfuscate the issue more than aid it. I think is the best way to describe it. I just like the jingle. Bigfoot corner. There you go. Not interested in. The Mexican president. Oh, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, the mythical woodland elf. That and that came from you, Sai. I know. I was very, very, very pleased with that that spot. Listeners, I think I think we we ought to have a little look at this, right? The, the mythical Mexican woodland elf. The, <laughs> Fox News, that bastion of truth, uh, did shout <laughs> that uh, the Mexican president has gone viral for the claim he's photo proof of the mythical woodland elf. Um, and there is a picture of, you know, it does look a bit like Triple H in the trees <laughs> to keep on the theme. Oh, I've um, seen this one. It's Mr. Burns, you know, when Mulder and Scully come to Springfield oh, yeah. and he's just like <laughs> wandering around the woods and he's radioactive. Yeah, it's Mr. Burns. I've seen I this I bring one. you love. <laughs> I bring you peace. <laughs> but no, because because he's not, uh, because this sadly, it's not Bigfoot, it's not is Bigfoot, he? so it can't qualify for Bigfoot, Bigfoot Corner. No. If we did Cryptid Corner, perhaps uh, it could uh, be included, but sadly not. But 
I, I was tempted to give it a pass simply because it came from you, Si, uh, and not... And Fox News. Uh, and, and Fox, Fox News! No, that was one of the reasons why we couldn't give it a pass. <laughs> Unverified information. Um, but, but Si, you had a, a quandary for us to discuss today, didn't you? Yes. Well, I mean, it's we're deep into uh, award season um, with the Oscars coming up very, very soon. Hopefully we can get this edit episode out before <laughs> the Oscars. Um, but... Considering the nature of our podcast and, and, you know, the for your reconsideration rather than for your consideration, I wanted to know if you guys had, and the films you've seen this year, if there was anything you feel has been massively overlooked for award season. So whether that's actors or act- yeah, yeah, actors, actresses or directors or films themselves, if there was anything you think should be in that conversation but isn't, has been excluded from the Oscar conversation. Well, for, from my standpoint, Simon, uh, I've actually seen all 10 of the Best Picture nominees prior to the ceremony, which is Oof. something of a first for me since they moved to the 10-film format. Usually I'm like catching mm. the win of the day after the ceremony or or what have you. Or But the way that uh, release windows have worked this year, I've been able to catch everything. It helps that you know, you've got Avatar in there and Top Gun Maverick, which obviously came out ages and ages ago and uh everything everywhere all at once as well was like it's been out for like a year at least hasn't it yeah it's like may i think it was like may wasn't it? april yeah. may or something like that so yeah nearly a year but yeah i've only got two left two left i've got to watch um but yeah i'm 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 usually doing the same after it's all done and dusted watching them afterwards <laughs> but I've got, I've got a ranking of them you, you interested in that i am for sure oh yeah give it give us a give us a ranking yeah yeah so uh starting from number 10 Women talking. There's certainly a lot of that going on. <laughs> <laughs> target audience. Target audience. Um, no, just super depressing. Not a movie. Uh, just people shouting, debating uh, points of view at each other for an hour and a half. Just didn't like it. Um, then Elvis with uh, big fat Tom Hanks being a big fat embarrassment to himself and his profession. <laughs> It is a fat suit. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not directly lambasting Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Although he should be lambasted, he's dreadful in that film. He's, he's um, then after that, I like all of these films. So eight uh, Spielberg Origins, also known as The Fablemans, <laughs> which is a lovely little film about young Steven Spielberg learning how to make movies. He's got lots of like good sort of um, blowout type touches in it you know like in blowout when john travolta's put in the uh making the little Ooh, short yeah. film oh, they've got yeah. all this yeah old school tech lovely stuff triangle of sadness which i really enjoyed actually i thought uh i thought it was very very good very funny pretty dark very cynical enjoyed it then the way of water and big jim and his big blue dong <laughs> me in, the face in 3d lovely stuff everything everywhere all at once is at five for me. I've I watched it and I was blown away in the cinema, but I'm kind of afraid to revisit it at home in case I don't feel that way anymore. So I'm just going to put it in the middle of the pack. Though I do think that's going to win big on the night. Um, then Tar, because Lydia Tar is just one of the great creations of the last few years. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front at three. 
lovely Top Gun Maverick at two and uh, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran at number one. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, basically anything out of that top eight, I'd be quite happy with that winning best picture. It's a good uh, list, I think. It's a decent slate, I think. It's a really good good list. I'm not sure what my favourite is out of all that lot. I say I really enjoy them all, apart from Triangle of Sadness. I wasn't as on board with that. I thought it was really average. Triangle of Shatness. I well, quite it. literally in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those where I think the trailer completely ruined that middle act because the trailer is just uh, that middle act. Pretty. I much. hadn't seen the trailer. I knew it was a rich people on a boat movie, uh, but that's all I knew really. But the trailer is basically the entirety of that middle act, and I was like, well, "You've just given away quite a lot of the film there." Yeah, I think it would have been better without the big, massive, fat spoiler in the trailer. Yeah, it gave the um, the Bigfoot from uh, that uh, Sam Elliott film puking into Sam Elliott's <laughs> Tasha run for its money. Definitely. <laughs> yes, it's very gross. It's very, very, very gross. Very gross. Um, but yeah, it, it is a good list. But there's like there's a lot of notable missing films. You can't fit them all in, can you? No, really. No. You know, it's not it's not a thing for me. The ones that were are missing. Um, one of my favourite films of last year was She Said by Maria Schrader. I watched this at the London Film Festival, so I was completely going in without any idea whether it was good or not. I, you know, obviously knew what it was about, and I, I really loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and I was very surprised it didn't. You know, hasn't got that much love in in the awards for all the awards, so particularly for um, for both Zoe Kazan and Carey Mulligan, who are just brilliant as the two leads. Um, but yeah, that that surprised me. We mentioned it a few weeks ago. Nope, Jordan Peele's Nope. I can't yeah. believe that's not up in there. That was one of my favourite films of the year. Yeah, same. Um, again, across the board, Daniel Kaluuya's brilliant in it. Kiki Palmer's brilliant in it. Cinematography is amazing in it. The sound is incredible. Although I think it might be nominated for sound, possibly, or is it completely shut out? Has it not had any Oscar nominations? Have to double check. Might have to check that. Do you think it's people that just saw it more as like a B movie rather than what it actually is, which is a very layered deconstruction of Hollywood? Yeah, it might be one of those where it, because it was a bit of a taking pot shots at Hollywood, maybe they didn't appreciate appreciate that. Possibly, I don't know. Bones and All was another one I thought was surprising not to get any sort of shout in amongst the the big nominations. Thought that was a really good film. But for me, the biggest film that missed out, I just can't believe it. I don't know whether it was because I watched it with my wife in the cinema and we got absolutely shit-faced and just had the best three and a half hours of our recent memories. But Babylon is the most fun I've had in cinemas last year, this year. I just thought it was fantastic. Sounds standard. Chazelle directed the absolute shit out of it. It's really <laughs> good. Um, but uh, another, like, in terms of actor, I watched this last week. Um, Adam Sandler in Hustle. Yeah. Um, Super good. He really, really should have, you know, he really should have been nominated a couple of years ago for Uncut Gems. Um, that was a massive oversight. But I thought he was even better in this. It was, you know, perhaps a bit more in line with him, his own personality, but. Even so, it's just, he's just so likable in it and so empathetic and really funny. It's a good film. It's a really good movie. Like, it's really low-key. There's a really, like, you know, domestic sports movie and has those sort of similar beats of an underdog sports movie, but... Got a couple of cracking montages. Oh, the training montage is wicked. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sandler's great in it. So, so yeah. Adam Sandler, for sure. Um, 
And then another one that the in in terms of um, female actor, while Paul Mescal is getting all the rightly getting all the plaudits for After Sun, I think young Frankie Corio is just as yeah incredible in in that film. She's just as effective playing his innocent daughter who's um, sort of oblivious to his her dad's mental health troubles as she herself comes to terms with her own growth into into her teenage years and she's sort of dealing with those emotions and feelings as 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 a little, as a young teenage girl and it's her first movie and it's like she's incredible in that film and yeah i think she should be up there for for something yeah that movie absolutely destroyed me to be honest i was what me, me and the wife watched it, it was just absolutely fall into bits at the end it was so embarrassing yeah it's a very good <laughs> very good debut isn't it, from charlotte wells yeah so it's good that it's up there for some of the stuff but yeah i think she she was great in it uh, last but not least i can't believe no one has given an award to matt smith for morbius um, <laughs> who without question give my my favorite moment of any film of 2022 with this lovely little dressing dance scene um it's just oh god I've, i'm just i'm obsessed with it i just watch it regularly <laughs> <laughs> with its most ridiculous music that, that french song when it's like have sex have sex <laughs> oh god just love it oh absolutely love it lovely um do you do you have any to add james because you you would have seen quite a few yes that's good yeah 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 yeah, i do yeah i know rob's gonna come in with some heavyweight stuff after me so i'll i'll just get out of the way quick (laughs) i found three three 2022 films i've watched actually so Oh, there we go. Yeah. The best ones, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, for me, what I find absolutely ridiculous that's been overlooked, because this is the sort of film that the Oscars would routinely get on board with um, throughout the 90s and the 2000s, The Woman King. Yeah, and definitely. I absolutely love that movie. It's like... African warrior women protecting the kingdom of Dahomey. Rip-roaring historical epic, brilliantly directed and filled with outstanding performances. So I was very surprised that Viola Davis didn't get a nomination. Luciana Lynch, who's like the charismatic sort of supporting character. um, Like the second in command to the mentor sort of character. She's fantastic in that film. And the film itself should have received nominations um i think it should have been in the in the 10 for best picture i'd also throw babylon in there as well and i'm very f- glad that me and you are in front of this simon because when everybody reassesses it slowly over the next definitely over the next five to ten years we can say that we were on the babylon hive from the get-go <laughs> and our numbers are growing and we're gonna be doing some stuff like just shaking our fists <laughs> it's so good yeah i just can't believe it's not People, yeah. At the very least, I think it should have got in for cinematography, because you can say whatever you want about that movie, but the idea that it isn't impeccably shot and lit and mm, just yeah. the amount of chaos going on in the opening forty minutes and wanners and everything—it's like I know it is showing off. There is a lot of showing off. It, it, yeah, sure. Why not do that? It's outstanding. It's spectacular. <laughs> It's so good. So, yeah. And also, I wanted to shout out Rebecca Hall. I think I've mentioned this film on a previous episode. So I saw uh, this sensational um, horror film called Resurrection from last year. And she is equally sensational in that film. 
But because it's sort of a low-budget horror film, you'll never be recognised unless you get all your mates to tweet about how brilliant you are on Twitter, and then you might get yourself a Best Actress nomination. Buzzing! (laughs) Obviously, Rebecca Hall doesn't have the same Rolodex that Andrew... I'm not even slagging Andrew Riseborough off. I haven't seen that film. Nobody has. Uh, (laughs) Most of the people tweeting about it haven't seen it. I would wait. It's just going to be so embarrassing for her, like... she must feel be so awkward rocking up to the Oscars. She's not going to win for starters, so it's by the by, really. But, but even just being mentioned in that group when there's going to be a lot of side eye stares going on, I think when her name is read out yeah. during the nominations, it's it's going to be very because she is she's great. She's she's really good. Um, she has been for years. So it is a it's a bit of a shame how she's particularly in America going to be remembered as the. The woman who blagged away, <laughs> best actor. Thing. Talking of like horror films, though, the film wasn't great. I don't think, but uh, Sosie Bacon in Smile was very, very good in that. Yeah, I don't think the film was the film was all right. No, the films. Yeah, it's just basically it follows with yeah with, with Ring the Ring and yeah. yeah, it's just quite a lot of a you know derived from loads of, of of other stuff. But I thought she was amazing in it. Like really, really good. Just has she just falls apart as the film goes on because no one believes her. Yeah, she was she was very good in that. It must be pretty hard to perform. It's really hard because it can yeah. tip into silly territory very easily. Yeah. So go on then, Rob. What's your? Here comes the uh, big hitter. Here well, we go. I, well, I'm I'm <laughs> stunned, frankly, that Jurassic World Dominion hasn't swept the board. <laughs> it's all for some razzies, isn't it? Right, that's enough. We've we've agreed the Razzies can get in the sea. Can't go back on that. Yes, now. they can. Not when they support my argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I've looked at the list for best animated feature, and um, I'm surprised that uh, Minions: Rise of Gru and DC League of no, what is it? Super Pets. Super Pets. Oh, surprised that those two aren't there. Um, again, pretty surprised because they're the only, those are the three, only three 2022 films I've seen this year, I think, apart from Barbarian, um, which obviously should win uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) But again, less said about that, the better. Um, uh, uh, on a serious note on Barbarian, I would say that like Justin Long is unbelievable. He is really movie. good, he isn't is, he? Yes. He is very good. Like a, an absolute shit. It's just like the worst <laughs> person ever. He, he, he is. And it's brilliant. And, and I actually, truthfully, think that the film is really very good, actually. And some of the topics tackled in it. And I don't necessarily mean the, um, the horror stuff, you know... Um, i.e. all the stuff that um, I, you know, I'm thinking of when I talk about the similarities. I'm talking about the stuff that goes well beyond that, like the fact that you know, I had no idea Justin Long was in it, but that rug pull was yeah. great. It's like not like a rug that pull. That cut is, it? is unbelievable. It's one of the best it? cuts. So good, yeah, you just the whole year. so it's it's fabulously <laughs> well made. But then the fact that he's an actor um, facing, you know, quite rightly a sexual assault scandal, it, it's brilliant. But the way that he's almost the writing is also almost gleeful in making this guy as repugnant as possible. Oh yeah, and you're just desperate for terrible things to happen to him. But anyway, yeah, that that's I I think they're the only four. Oh no, prey. Oh, uh, so yeah, let's give prey, prey yeah. um, best. 
Visual effects? I thought they were really good. Yeah. If they had a best streamer category, that'd be... Yeah, that'd be right up there, there, wouldn't it? Not Glass Onion, Rob. Well, uh, again... uh... (laughs) I mean, that's the biggest travesty, that Daniel didn't get in. Oh, Daniel! (laughs) Dear Daniel! Oh, I just don't think anyone was ready for James Bond to be played by Daniel. And how that uh, vodka commercial isn't up for best short, I'll I'll never know. (laughs) If you wanted to look like a bigger whopper... (laughs) Uh, you are going to find it hard to top that. To be to be honest, um, I do. I did. That is one of the worst things I've seen in recent years. That vodka advert. Uh, I thought it was, it's it's really like it. Uh, it does not land. <laughs> it does not. Land it doesn't like all. all this. You know, like oh, be you, you know. Oh, he's finally. Oh, he's finally free from earning 150 million dollars. I did enjoy Glass <laughs> Onion, though. I have to admit. Oh, I I'm that glad. Yes, I'm very glad. Really thoroughly enjoyed it. Dave Batista in that as well, knocking it out of yeah. the park again. He's good, isn't he? Dave yeah. Batista. This is it. You don't you don't want to say oh like oh he's the best wrestler turned actor because because it's such damning with faint praise, but I mean I know, he's yeah. just a really Back good actor in his own right and he's really worked hard to be taken seriously and yeah. puts actual thought into his performance on screen and how he and how he presents his you know the little glasses, very conscious choices. It's 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 good stuff. Yeah, he's really really good. He's great in that knock at the cabin. He's, he's very good. But um, no, it's like interesting. Like him and John Cena of like because obviously the reputation of wrestling actors are a bit is a bit like hit and miss, mm. isn't it? It's just yeah. like oh, it's just to get bums on seats or whatever. Like The Rock and Hulk Hogan or whatever. Are you dissing Suburban Commander? Uh, no, it's one of my childhood favorites. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Nanny as well. Yeah. But um. You know, Batista's great at the serious stuff, and then John Cena has just come out as this brilliant comedy actor. He's <laughs> just really uh, yes. funny. I was I was on Sky the other day, and it was um, and there was a there was like a, a thumbnail with him and Brian Cox. That was it in yes. a movie. Yeah, well, it's a film, I think. Yeah, um, The Independent is what this one is called. Ah, with uh, Brian Cox, John Cena, and Anne Dowd. Um, about a young journalist discovering a conspiracy involving a US presidential candidate. Lovely. That sounds quite serious. It does, doesn't it? It's rated R as well. Woo! Rated R. Rated R. For really good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Super chat, guys. Really, really enjoyable. Again, I always feel slight, not slight, massive shame when we talk, when, you know, I'm just going to have to do better. 2023 is the year that, in Oscar terms, I'm going to do better. Reactivate that letterbox to count, aren't you? I've just reactivated it, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, yes. That's the first step. <laughs> <laughs> to getting back on the on the, on the the horse, so to speak. Um, but we do have a, a movie we need to discuss tonight, don't we, champs? Um, oh, yes, we do, we do. And, James, it was your pick. It was, it was. Oof, a lovely little intro. I mean, how do you talk about a film of this scale? Uh, let's have a let's have a go at this. I'm so excited. <laughs> Due to a horny wet blanket being unable to keep it in his skirt, a load of fit men who are also wearing skirts descend on a beach and proceed to knock fuck out of each other for over three hours. <laughs> so northern. Which, if you ask me, is a fairly accurate distillation of Homer's epic poem. Uh, <laughs> the film is, of course, the director's cut Ooh. of Wolfgang Peterson's Sword and Sandals epic Troy. So aroused. Nearly 3,000 years ago, the passion for one woman 
ignited the greatest battle ever fought for love. I want her back. Will you go to war with me, brother? We're sending the largest fleet that ever sailed. We need the greatest warrior. Achilles can't be controlled. Be careful, King of Kings. First, you need the victory. I want to ask you to fight my war. You already have. No son of Troy will ever submit to a foreign ruler. Then every son of Troy shall die. We will be together in this world or the next. Immortality! Before my time is done, I will look down on your corpse and smile. Gents, Troy, good grief. Um, I feel sweaty <laughs> just hearing that trailer, to be honest. Put um, your shirt back on, Rob. <laughs> Sheesh! <laughs> the, uh, the horniest episode oh, yet. Just um, so, so good God. looking. Uh, right, so so James, why, why did you bring Troy to our fair shores? So, I think Troy is not without its flaws, which I'm sure we'll get into over the course of this episode. And I myself was kind of lukewarm on this film when I initially saw it. However, during this rewatch, I genuinely thought that you could put this up against the blockbusters released over the last 10 years, and it would be better than like 90% of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which says one of two things. We either had it really good back in the noughties and didn't realise it, or Troy has improved exponentially due to the amount of awful movies being put out in the blockbuster space. Uh, It's not great. Either way <laughs> that you look at it. But I've been meaning to revisit this for a long time because I do honestly think that a lot of blockbuster filmmaking has really, really taken on a... It's just not very good. I don't know why I'm trying to be clever about it. It's just not very good, a lot of the stuff that gets put out as big event movies now. And this, it feels like someone directed it, like someone with a clear vision and a clear understanding of how to stage action and it feels physical and it has scale and all all that good stuff that seems to me to be missing from a lot of modern blockbusters. And that's why I wanted to bring it back to see if if that thought rang true when I actually rewatched it. Plus as well, now we've got the director's cut 45 extra minutes on what was already a very long film. Is it 45 minutes? I did. I thought it was only like 20. Bloody no, hell. it's beastly. It's, <laughs> wow. a, it's a serious. Wow. Um, right, so many on. additional boobs. <laughs> <laughs> dear God. Oh, dear. So um, when was the last time you watched it then, James? I've only ever seen it once. I saw it when it was released oh, theatrically. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've only ever saw I saw it, went with my friend Rob to see it when it was initially released. And we both thought, oh, that was all right. That was decent. And then over the years, I thought I should really go back and rewatch Troy because I reckon it's probably better than I remember it being. And then when I was thinking of something to do, I was like, right, this is a perfect opportunity. And then we got hold of the director's cut Blu-rays, which apparently is the only format that you can... Um, if you want Troy on Blu-ray, you have to get the director's cut. Oh, really? There's no theatrical cut on Blu-ray. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Ah. 
Um, so this is very much the definitive version of the film. And the, so it's almost like a first watch because I haven't seen this version of the film before. I, I mean, it's amazing. When I, I was going to say 2004, 20 years almost. This, yes. this, this being a 20-year-old mm. movie is staggering to me, or, or nearly I mean, staggering. that's yeah, given me a massive existential crisis, so thank yes. you for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, Sai, what about your relationship with Troy? Uh, I've, I only saw it for the first time a few months ago, the theatrical version. And it was a film I like ignored for so long because of the reputation it had at release. Um, I, think, I, I think that's sort of why I just sort of let it, you know, let it go. And everyone said it was just really corny and rubbish. So I just never bothered watching it. I watched it a few months ago for the first time. I was like, well, all those people were wrong who told me that, that this is rubbish. Um, yeah, looking forward to watching the director's cut because obviously I'd only seen the theatrical, but quite fresh in the mind anyway. But um, yeah, I, I, I liked it then and I'm in, interested to see if the director's cut was just as good or if not better. Mm. Well, in which case, with that time frame in mind, you'll probably be the best placed out of all of us to discuss the differences between the two cuts because frankly i oh i've totally forgot because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, ca- I can't like i uh for myself um when it came out obviously it made um it was t- talked about hugely as as a big sword and sand you know we keep saying it sword and sandals epic but in the traditional sense <clears throat> of you know like movies and, and a periods of hollywood that have gone before and i was i'm all for that you know i always love stuff like that like I love the fact that the Western keeps getting its little revival every now and then, you know, to better or worse results. But um, with this, I remember seeing it when it came out, went to the cinema to watch it and enjoyed it. I remember being like sort of like kind of underwhelmed a little bit because the one or two things that will be bugbears about it that um, are actually to do with the traditional story itself. But that those were the reasons that I was a little bit like frustrated with it, not anything to do with how fabulously well it's made etc um but i was yeah it was i think it was about 10 years after that that i got my hands on the director's cut and uh this was on dvd at the time and i really thought it was much better and a much more fulfilling experience so very excited to go back to it it has been another 10 years i think since i've seen it then so yeah uh that's uh, that's me but it must qualify uh in which case so let's go with uh, the numbers james does it qualify with figures so troy grossed 133.4 million in the united states and canada and 364 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 497 million, making the film one of the highest grossing films of 2004 alongside The Passion of the Christ, Spider-Man 2 and Shrek 2. Whoa. So it ain't in the numbers. So all franchise films. Yes. And and big, big old budget on this one. Absolutely, yeah. When the film was completed, total production costs were approximately $185 million, making Troy one of the most (laughs) expensive films produced at that time. Um, it was screened out of competition at the 2004 Cannes Film Festival, and there was me thinking it won the Palm Door. <laughs> Overlooked. It, it would have. It would have. It would have. You didn't have the guts to put it in competition, you cowards. <laughs> well, if Triangle and Sad- Triangle of Sadness could win the, uh, the grand prize at Cannes, then Troy can. <laughs> I'm sorry, that can't be the name of the film. Mate. It's such a funny name for a film. It is quite funny how it cropped up in the film. It, it, yeah, it is quite funny how it cropped up. Okay. Anyway, anyway. cool. 
We'll let it go. <laughs> That's what I call going for a number two now. Having a triangle <laughs> And not going for a... What was it? Who was the guy from? Greek. <laughs> I'm just going for a Maynard Greek. <laughs> I'm going to crush a massive Grieger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. Um, so It's a big hit. It's a decent yeah, hit. Yeah, big sure. hit. Big hit, yeah. And it, and it was always going, with a cast like this, it was always going to be, wasn't it? So um, yes. uh, these are names that you get to whack the bums on seats, isn't it? And that's not even really talking about the, you know, like the nods to acting generations before isn't it you know with oh, yeah. just absolutely stellar yeah stellar names involved in this uh all the way through uh none more than can i just say nestor is played by a guy called john shrapnel <laughs> uh which i particularly really enjoy <laughs> that's a name for the next book it is <laughs> john shrapnel um but what yeah what about critics then si did the critics enjoy troy yeah, a, a very mixed bag, this one, um, with audiences being a little more receptive than the critics who seemingly weren't overly impressed with Wolfgang Peterson's Iliad epic. Um, it qualifies with an aggregate score of 53% on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics and 56 on Metacritic, with many bemoaning the poor writing of Game of Thrones scribe David Benioff, um, with Jeanette Katsoulis of the Las Vegas Mercury. Uh, that famous film publication. What a publication. <laughs> uh, uh, calling it, it's very good line actually, calling it a valiant but doomed affair as carefully constructed and ultimately as hollow as the Trojan horse itself. Oh, nice. Um, which I thought was very nice. Uh, and Jonathan Romney of The Independent summing the movie up by saying, wooden horse, wooden acting, wouldn't bother if I was you. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> There was a lot of there was a lot of sort of similar similar problems. Um, there were a few that praised the craft of the film, however, uh, with our resident sheriff Mick LaSalle. Yeet. Go on, Mick. He, he was one of those who liked it. He said he admitted all Hollywood and no Homer, but within its limits, it's a vigorous and entertaining movie. Nice. A view shared by Rex Reader, The Observer. He was also fond of the movie, saying it's a massive, opulent, passionate. And unlike most summertime time wasters, surprisingly intelligent. And Stella Papamichael of the BBC called it a hugely entertaining film, sprinkled with moments of brilliance. So there was those who liked it did really like it, and then those who didn't like it really didn't like it. So I think that's why it's kind of been dragged down on the, the Rotten Tomatoes aggregate thing, because that's sort of how those weird websites work. Um, in terms of audience, much, much better Um in terms of the aggregate scores, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a mighty 8.6 on Metacritic on the audience side. Wow. And um, with a pretty respectable 3.2 on Letterboxd, though many, many people were not best pleased with the changes to, uh, well, the changes to the thing as a whole, the epic as a whole, but Achilles, more than anything, um, summed up by Ashley, who on July 2020 said, I can excuse the historical inaccuracies, but I draw the line at Achilles being straight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how it qualifies on the on the being dragged down by some naughty critics. What what do you think caused it to get such a tepid response? Do you think it is people going, "Oh, this isn't my Iliad," or um, <laughs> you know, like franchise nerds? Now, do you, do you, is there a bit of pompousness in that oh well it's not the it's not like the poem is it 
Because of course it's not. It costs two hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, not a faithful adaptation. But I mean, I think for the most part the changes are all quite justified. To be honest, for a mass audience, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yes, I think and... so. And I think also there might be a bit of because um, Gladiator was sort of mm. probably kicked off a period of this sort of film, didn't it? Yes. Particularly in terms of the time period, I wouldn't be surprised because of the success of Gladiator. They sort of went, okay, now what? Right, what have we got? Studios this? were like, what have we got? What can we do? Yeah, yeah. And this was the result of one of those studio sort of exec conversations. And I think you're just always compared against that sort. You know, when when you when you the film is made on the result of a success of another film, it's always com- directly compared. Yeah. And Gladiator is just so good. Um, and I think this is more Hollywood than Gladiator, isn't it? So I think that was yeah, possibly yes, yeah. possibly to the detriment of, of of this and why it was sort of dragged a little bit. Yeah, I think like you say as well, there was a lot of these types of films. I know, um, I know it's fantasy, but you throw in the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well, yeah. which is all big yeah. battles and big scale. The same summer, there was a King Arthur movie put out as well so they're very much on this historical yeah epic fad you know remember when fads used to fizzle out and not just mm. run on and on and on for 20 years like it was quite good that like everyone said we've <laughs> <Yeah>. had <laughs> we've had enough of these now we're going to do something else yeah because what the year before master and commander was out as well exactly sort yeah of historical yeah. big sort of epic thing that you mentioned that King Arthur one. I watched that as well recently after watching Troy and thinking this is really good. Maybe yeah. King Arthur's good as well, and that's good as well. <laughs> I've <laughs> like, never seen it. It's Antoine Fuqua yeah, yeah, yeah. who directed that. Yeah, Does, uh, can I? I think there's a director's cut of that as well. That um, oh, incredible. Yeah. So yeah, fatigue maybe. The best review I ever read of that King Arthur movie. And this has stuck with me. <laughs> Somebody wrote into a magazine. It was like a reader's letter, and they said, "I wouldn't follow this Arthur into the pub if he was buying." It's it's yeah, it's a, it's an it's an interesting one. Um, I, I mean, I think I'm I think I'm sort of on my own in quite liking it. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. But I've, I've seen it anyway. But yeah, it's, it's definitely in that mix of the films of this time and yeah. in that sort of historical epic thing. And, and they're all just imitations of Gladiator at the end of the day. And I think there's always going to be that in the back of people's minds when a film like this comes out, in the time it comes out. Mm. So it's good to come back 20 years later and and watch it on its own merits without that without that in the back of your head the whole time. Absolutely, yeah. I totally agree. Um, do you think one of the reasons that it was review, sort of viewed as slightly a bit too Hollywood is because um, of... I don't... I mean, the polish. I don't mean necessarily in a filmic sense, because obviously it's a fabulously well, well-made film. I mean more in the fact that no one is ever dirty. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone looks absolutely astonishing in this. Um, no one's ever, you know, like, I don't know how these people shave, but they're always immaculately, you know, the stubble is always yeah. absolutely on point. It looks like a catalogue everywhere. And I know this is a conscious choice, won't it, by the filmmakers mm, yeah. not to have that. Like, 
the opening of Gladiator, I just remember being like one of the most g- grubby, horrible, visceral yeah, things absolutely, ever. Yeah. And this, yeah. while it's very visceral, and, and certainly in this version, there's way more blood than I remember. Um, there's Clara yeah. everywhere in this version, but it's still got that kind of like, it's just blood and nothing else. There's no, you know... There's yeah, no grub. I know what you mean. There's no, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's not dirty, like you know, like Game of Thrones is the complete opposite. Oh of it, yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's really dirty and really drab and yeah. But yeah, because Gladiator kind of it changes so much, doesn't it, in terms of how it looks because of the it's kind of a bit globe trotting a bit in Gladiator, isn't it? Whereas yes, this is obviously yeah. beautiful. Um, it's not filmed in Greece, I don't think, but it, this is where it's obviously set. Yeah. And it does look very, very beautiful. But because there's an element of, you know, it's all quite mythical, isn't it? And it's all based on a poem. It's not based on truth. Yes, I think that's really... That's what I mean by it. It, Surely it's a conscious decision to do this. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the other stuff. You could smell it like Gladiator just smells like... It looks like it smells of sweat. Like Game of Thrones looks like it smells like horse poo. This looks like it smells (laughs) of Paco Rabanne. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, your Brad Pitt smells incredible. Yeah, it's just like, is that linen? <laughs> blow dried hair, <laughs> yeah. like, looking like Barry Venison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's niche stuff, isn't it? <laughs> They're all just so good looking in this film, and I do love the outfits as well. Ooh. Like they've got, um, I, I love how the brothers, Orlando Bloom and Eric Banner, they've all got they always wear matching outfits like my mum used yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother, we were oh, kids. did your mum do that as well? Oh, <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I know, I, I love that. I love the little uh, the blue corally stuff and the tie-dye stuff. Way nice. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful outfit. It's, 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 well, they're all on the wealthy side of things, aren't they? Well, they so are, they're yeah. The, they're yeah. Better. You know, they're princes and kings. And... Although there's very little, you know, certainly in Hector's uh, position, very little shirking of duty going on. But we will get to that. Should we get into the movie itself? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's do it, because it starts um, with lovely... Um, well, you already know the scale is going to be massive here within seconds, don't you? Yeah, without a doubt. It's um, So this is one of the key differences, I think, from the theatrical version, is it opens with this dog going up to a soldier who's been slain on the oh, battlefield. Yes, and, yes yeah. I didn't remember this. I did wonder whether this was a yeah. director's... So this is a new film. opening, and I only know that because on the DVD, Wolfgang Peterson tells you that this is a new opening. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think the key changes here are the battles are extended, uh, the ransacking of Troy towards the end of the oh, film, yeah, which we'll definitely. have a good chat about yeah, because yeah, definitely. it's oh, yeah. very much extended. There's boobs when there aren't boobs in the theatrical, and uh, there's a Sean Bean gets a new intro and the film opens differently, and that is generally it. And then there's just this the scenes have more air in them and they've got a bit more. It doesn't rattle along as quickly as the yeah. two and a half hour version that was put out in theatres. Yeah, I think that is the. It, it's very different in the sense that those editions don't necessarily change the structure or anything like that. No, as no, it as it not, does yeah. for films we've done recently, like Alien mm. Three and Kingdom of Heaven. I spoke about the other week where it's completely different movies mm. with those yeah. directors' cuts. Same with Blade Runner as well, which is sort of classic example of how different a director's cut can be. And it is, it's just, it's just more texture in this film, isn't it? It's not, Absolutely, it's not yeah. really adding to story. It's just kind of, you know, just amping up the violence, and amping up the nudity. And you see Orlando's blooms pubes at one point. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> it's just put putting back in the stuff the studio suits were a bit uh, yeah sort of prudish about it seems and it's not really adding to the story i think thingy's in it a lot more um hector's wife is in it a lot more she is saffron, saffron burrows yeah um, yeah i think saffron burrows is is from what i can remember her her she's the one who benefits most from this director's cut i think she gets a, a bit more in there in terms of her character. I think there's a bit more Peter O'Toole as well. Yeah, possibly. But I think the biggest notice is the, the battles and the, the ending, the, the, yeah. the ransacking of Troy, which I was just like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course we will we will get to it. Um, but is this, uh, I noticed on the opening credits, is this, this is produced by Plan B, which is Brad Pitt's yes. production company. Is this Plan B's first movie? No, I don't I think so. I thought they were relatively relatively newish production company. I, I'd have to look that up, but from what I read from Brad Pitt, he didn't actually want to be in this movie. He was he'd he'd, uh, he'd pulled out of another movie that he was supposed to do for the studio and then they said, right, you're under contract, you've got another picture to do. You're going to be Achilles in Troy. And he's like, alright, fine. It's like not that it was you know a chore for him to be in it, mm. but it wasn't what he picked. The studio sort of put him in it, which is very old Hollywood in its sense. But if you've got a, you know, an, a certain number of pictures to complete for the uh, for the studio, then they're going to put you in something that's going to be uh, going to be a big tentpole. Tentpole. So if that is the case, if if that is the case, do you think they then give him a producer credit, and this was sort of the birth of Swing the deal entertainment? Then, yeah. Because yeah. I'm just looking at it now. It was their first movie. Um, 2004 Ooh. was their first first produced movie with just before Charlotte the Chocolate Factory and then The Departed. And what do you guys think of Pitt as Achilles? He works and he doesn't for me. I think he certainly... I mean, he's he's the most beautiful man <laughs> alive yeah. in this film. That um, although Eric, Eric that Banner, box. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Banner does give him a good run for his money, I have to say, as Hector. He's also very dishy. Um... <laughs> But it's it's just it's the delivery. It goes in and out of an accent, and then that is a thing that can get quite distracting. He sometimes he goes in and out of like this um, ye olde English accent, which seems to be the way to do these historical films. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Where you're not being geographically accurate. It's just oh, it's an old film. Let's be English. But he goes in and out of an American accent, and it can get a bit distracting. But he looks so good, and he's really convincing as. Um, as being quite hard, I think as well. He love he does like little jumpy stabby move quite a lot. Like... Love that little step over that he has as he's approaching <laughs> the enemies, like Peter Beardsley. Yeah, he's got a very much sort of Cristiano Ronaldo air to him. Like he doesn't get on with the manager. He thinks he's bigger than the Greek army, <laughs> and he's kind of a preening tit, really. But he does get the job done. You know, he can't argue with results. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Such a good analogy, really. Just good, <laughs> yeah. great football analogy. I think he's, he's, <laughs> he really is, isn't it? He's, I think his wattage is great. And I think he's, he's yeah. magnetic when he's on screen as well. There is a thankless task quality to Achilles' role in it, which I think like he does, you know, because Achilles' task is thankless itself in the movie, but also the task of Brad Pitt playing Achilles and carrying this whole movie with that role is thankless too. And I think he's fine. I do. I think some of the, this insistence on, like you say, this accent is works for some 
and just plainly doesn't work for others. And and it, it stilts people quite quickly, I feel, when you've got to do this very, you know, I find it very difficult if I were to be made to speak like this and try and emote like this all the time. And Particularly when you're the only American, really, yes, in yeah. the whole cast. Yes, Everyone else yeah. is European or Australian, which is, e- an Australian accent is easier to do of as course, yeah. make it sound like it's got that sort of British twang to it, which is what, obviously, Eric Banner Abs- is doing. But yeah. But Brad Pitt is such like an Americana type figure, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Like he can only be an American person. I I think physicality is fantastic in this film. Yes, and you know he does his best. I think he was a bit annoyed that he was sort of like made out to be a hero, and he was like in the center of the frame yes. all the time. When Achilles in the, he's kind of a dick. Yes. <laughs> like he just wants to murder people so he's famous in future. I mean, job done, well done. Yes. <laughs> Again, like Ronaldo, obsessed with being the greatest. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's why that analogy is so good because because you, you get yeah. the sense in this opening sequence that um, Agamemnon, played by Brian Cox, just absolutely having a lovely time. He is, um, yeah, like, <laughs> loving it. He is. He's a bit of a cunt. And, um, <laughs> And Achilles is is obviously his like best general. They don't like each other, um, yeah. but he he only fights really as a duty, but then also for the glory. Yeah, because as you say, he's just got this massive ego, and he just wants his name remembered, and he just wants people to know who he is, and that is his motivation. He doesn't care who it is he's killing or why he's doing it. He's just there to for for himself, and. It's interesting because it's like you've got Brad Pitt, this massive, massive Hollywood actor who you would think you would be rooting for. And you kind of do because it's Brad Pitt and he looks so good. But then you shouldn't be rooting for him because he is the, you know, the, the assistant to the big bad guy. Um, and, you know, I do like that tension between them, though. I think it's really interesting when it's not a straight who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. And there's a bit of ambiguity with who we're actually on side with because he, when we go with the Trojans, all this war starts out because Orlando Bloom can't keep his dick in his pants. This is it. <laughs> I, and, and this is the thing that we were talking about, the misgivings. It's more of a story misgivings. Like, I absolutely hate his character so much. I just, oh, I know. <laughs> but I think he's supposed to be so pathetic. But it's, it's all that, you know, <laughs> I will move the stars for you, my darling, and all this, you know. Yeah, he's a drip. He's a proper, he's yeah. So and, and, and it though, does feel, he? I hate to say it, but I don't, I'm not, I don't think Bloom doing this works for me here. You know, it just doesn't no, that, quite... Uh, I have the same misgivings as you, but I think that's why that character works so yeah, well. Yeah, you're well, probably right. He's such yeah. a hopeless drip. Like, yeah. It's just, some... yeah. It's, it's just that... Because it does feel very stagey. You know what I mean? It oh, does yeah. feel massively yeah. stagey. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And you've got all sorts of different acting styles, haven't yeah. you, coming up against each other. I mean, we'll we'll get to it, but I think Peter O'Toole is actively terrible. <laughs> That's so good. Although, you know, like we're talking about action, you could just do a Sean Bean and not bother. <laughs> just be from Sheffield. Absolutely. No, but but that's if you're going to get Sean Bean, you want Sean Bean. Oh, just, yeah. He's... Again, well, I didn't really notice this when I was younger, but he is a handsome dude as well. He is, he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, seen Bean. With his lovely yeah. beard, and his... you totally buy him on the battlefield as well. Like he'd be there. It, it's just a great cast across the board. Like it is amazing. You know a who's who of okay. I've got this old timey sword and sandals film. I need to fill it with a lot of British 
uh, European people with big Celtic heads. So I'm just going to f- f- fill it, you know, big, massive Wayne Rooney type heads. You got Brendan Gleeson's in there. Yeah, lovely. Brian yeah. Cox is in there. Lovely. James Cosmo pops up. Do you buy those two as brothers? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I you don't have, have any problems. Two with heavy it. set dudes with horrendous white men dreadlocks. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I think that like it's a testament to the hair and makeup and the costumes because they yeah they're all believable as brothers. So them two are great as brothers. Yeah. And you really see it when they're having conversations with each other. And you see the like two shots. You know, the hair is similar, the, yeah. the makeup similar, the costumes similar. And then the same with Banner and Orlando Bloom. They really do they've got the same sort of curly hair and the same sort of complexion and yeah. the the same shaped head. <laughs> and I just I think it's really good casting in at least in a physical how they look yeah. sense and that's all put to you know the cherry on the ice and on the cake with just how well they're all dressed and hair and makeup yeah. so good it, 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 so in terms yeah. of that side of it it's great yeah completely completely agree and i enjoy i find it very watchable watching these actors across the board i'm finding it all very enjoyable i think um Kruger is great as well because that I think that actually that is another thankless role. I mean that is a hiding to nothing. That isn't yeah. it? like I mean I I like the approach that Peterson took to this. In first off, he didn't want to put Helen of Troy in the film at all because you know all you're going to get is these judgmental yeah. conversations. And yeah. then when the studio said no, you have to have. Helen of Troy in the film, he was like, well, I'm casting a complete unknown because then people won't come into it with expectations. Yeah. I mean, but talk about like something that you couldn't possibly live up to in terms oh, of no, the reputation yeah. of that mythical character. Mm. Like no actor on earth could come up to that. Yeah. So what he does is he just makes them out to be like idiotic sort of besotted teenagers, yes. don't they? You make yeah. a dreadful mistake and get... Thousands of people killed <laughs> <laughs> horribly as well through their horniness. Through their horniness, <laughs> it's true. It's, it, there has never been a more succinct <laughs> description of their roles: getting people killed through their horniness. Um, yeah, I, I also thought Sa- Saffron Burroughs was great as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, she is. As I say, I think she does get a meatier role. In she does, doesn't she? Because yeah. I, I remember seeing her in the when I've watched it the other month and been like, oh, Saffron Burroughs, Deep Blue Sea, brilliant. And then she's only in like two two scenes. Yeah. So. Rose Byrne, too. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. I think, is this her first role? It's got to be very early, yeah. Yeah, super. She's there on the recommendation of Eric Banner, who knew her. Brilliant. So she's Australian her. as well, isn't she? Yeah, she yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, super, now, that's super because... Um, Again, this is a tough role, this one, because so much of, you know, classic literature stories are filled so much with impossible head-scratching conflict. Absolutely. Aren't they? Yeah, you yeah. know, like uh, where your loyalties lie and and the fact that death seems to be always right. Very bloody death is always just around the corner yeah. um, if you mess up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she forges that un- unlikely relationship with Achilles. But again, right, so we'll, we'll have to get cracking actually into the film. Won't we? I mean, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. It's the Iliad. Everyone knows yeah, the story. We don't. We're they, not going to go through. Achilles is introduced <laughs> as Brad Pitt as this absolute beast. He kills that big dude from Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. I have a baby brother. He was beautiful. He was perfect in every way. <laughs> <laughs> 
he uh, he shouts uh, if there's no one else. It's pretty good as introductions go, isn't it? Yeah. Orlando Bloom has not behaved himself. He has stolen Brendan Gleeson's wife, and Hector yeah. is just going to have to go along with it because I love you, brother. And uh, that's it, basically. Uh, it's doomed yeah. Yeah. so many people to death. <laughs> and they assemble like this massive, sickeningly massive armada to go across seas to go and fetch Diane Kruger back. Mm. Everybody's well up for it, aren't they? Yeah. Like, they have to get uh, Sean Bean in. So, Sean, if we can carry on with the football analogies. So, basically, <laughs> Brian Cox is the manager and Achilles is his star striker and they're not speaking to each other. So, like, Sean Bean comes in as sort of the the assistant coach who's got a better relationship with the players yeah. and can come in and sort of parlay between the two of them. It's like, right, okay, come on. What we've got to do, get you back on the pitch here, Brad. We need you. <laughs> right, you bastard. <laughs> it's like Steve McLaren <laughs> is in. <laughs> what part of Greece are you from, Sean? Shut it. Right, let's get on this boat. <laughs> Mickey us. Achilles, it's great to see you, Achilles. Hey. Um stunned by the fact that Achilles is cutting the head off statues of deities. Yeah. He smited the gods and the gods didn't strike him down. Yeah. Um, all this greatness. They have another rumble. Yeah. And please, uh, there's, Peter O'Toole is making decisions based on these geezers in the war room <laughs> who are saying, you know, oh, the sun god will protect us and the sun god, you know, at one point, you know, like the, the armies are marching, it's like, I know a farmer and he saw a bird with a twig in its face or something like that. <laughs> like, like, yes. like we, no one's dying. We're going to win. It's fine. I do. I do like one of one of the things I like about this film, and, and same with Kingdom of Heaven as well. They think gods are real and and all that sort of stuff, and it really that really puts them on a path and of how they live their lives and how they do things. And it, it, you're watching it like it's us all bollocks, lads. I don't know why. <laughs> why would he be on your team and not on theirs? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hector gets an opportunity to show in all these... He's so... Like, the the people in the war room, like, you know, we must fight. Right, okay, oh, God. Hector's like, right, my mess again, obviously. I've got to clean it up. These guys yeah, are making exactly. decisions I need to sort out. And every time he shows himself to be an absolute beast of a warrior, and there's, there's like, they're always... There's sort of, like, the seeds for the showdown between Hector and uh, Achilles are set, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're, they're the two icons, Aren't they of the mm. of the individual armies? You know they're the leaders and one that every, ones that everybody falls in behind. And yeah, you do feel like from the moment that the the ships set sail that we're building towards a big confrontation between the two of them. Of course, it's not helped because Orlando Bloom hooks up again because like loads of Trojans are killed in the initial battles. And I've got to say, the battles are so well done. Mm. What he does, Wolfgang Peterson, is he uses the CGI sort of compositions to just to show you how many people are on the beach. But when you're actually getting into the fighting itself, that is all in camera and just amazing choreography. Mm throughout the a lot of the fight sequences all feels really visceral in terms of proper swords clashing with each other and shields smashing into one another and you get a good sense of the geography of where everybody is coming from in the individual armies and what the individual sort of skirmishes are between the combatants and I just love that like I know where I am in the scene it's not cut in so quickly that I can't follow the action within there, and it's just such an underrated quality to actually stage an action sequence 
properly and coherently. At this scale, too. Yeah. Yeah, and and it makes up a large portion of this film, those battles. Like, of course it does. The whole thing is based around this great war between two incredibly strong, powerful armies. So, of course, it's going to have... And considering all that is this good... It's a bit weird when you're then reading reviews and everyone seems to ignore all that and they're just like, oh yeah, but the dialogue's a bit corny. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but what about those an hour and a half of incredible battle sequences really well put together? And I, I, I love this era of VFX as well where it's not about making the impossible real by doing 3D models, jumping around, whatever. It's just about expanding the scale. It's just about going, you know... You have those old sword, sword and sandals films like, say, Cleopatra, where they got fucking loads of extras mm, and yeah. filmed it all, and it, it looks amazing. But then you have this advancement of VFX where it's like, okay, well, we can do that, but then we can make it ten times as big because we can fill in those far gaps of the ships and the armies and stuff. That's where it's brilliant, and it's just it's before CGI completely takes over. Yep. and it's all just done so well and it's yep. so brilliant to watch and the the score is amazing, which I think is different between the two films, the director's cut yeah. and the theatrical. I can't quite, I don't know what was different, but both still great. Mm. Yeah, it's James Horner who did the initial score for this film, but then apparently during the uh, battle between Hector and Achilles, he's dropped in the theme from Tim Burton's Planet of the uh, Apes, Planet of the Apes <laughs> oh, by Danny Elfman. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> no, that's what I want. This is what's going to make this movie fucking ace. <laughs> Get me that music from that terrible apes movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just all so good, and it all just leads up, as you said, Rob. It's all just leading up to yeah Hector and Achilles's inevitable fight. Yeah, which because, uh, Hector thinks he's got the better of him, doesn't he? When they're they're first having a when he yeah is oh. it when he ransacks the temple just after that, and he thinks he's he's got him and he's Patroclus. Yeah, but um, apparently it was Brad Pitt in the costume for that whole bit because I'd forgot ah, about this bit. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it was Brad Pitt, so you do think it's Achilles because it it looks like him, and it's you're really led to believe as Hector's. Oh, that's and everyone else thinks it him. Yeah. So the whole fight was Brad Pitt and Eric Banner fighting. I I think they did most of the fighting themselves as well. I don't yes, think I a lot of it. Yeah. 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 And um, they then just changed, swapped it out at the end when he took his helmet off, and it was. Garrett Headland, who plays Patroclus, who yeah. should be Achilles' lover, but they change him to his cousin, don't mm. they, in this? Um, They're definitely going out. <laughs> yeah, well, still, yeah. But that was I thought that was a really clever touch. And again, yeah, great stuff, yeah, yeah. Really, really good touch. If, if that was the case, I mean, I only yeah. read about this. I'm, I'm, I love that. That's not cutting the corners with your movie making as well, because that really sells the illusion and the shock of when the helmet mm. comes off and it's Patroclus. Yeah, the whole thing is, we thought it was Achilles. He moves like him, yeah. and we see an amazing training montage, like right at the start of the... It's not a montage, a sequence yeah. where... Achilles is training him so it's all set up as well also this is all kicked off again because Orlando Bloom was like no I'm going to be a man you know my horniness has caused all of this Uh, I'm going to fight Brendan Gleeson and whoever wins that's the end of the war and he shits it doesn't he because he gets his ass kicked by Brendan Gleeson yeah and then he goes like cowering to his brother oh no so his brother go oh, for god's sake even Peter O'Toole's like fight boy fight boy <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love on this fight though how like there's no score is there it's just like no. 
the sound of birds and the crunching of sand yeah. under their feet and, and Gleason grunting like mad. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just very very good. It, and and this is the sort of bit where it's plainly obvious that Agamemnon he doesn't care about Helen really. Yeah. Oh, no. It's just it's just finally he's got his excuse to take Troy because it's, he's been wanting to take it for ages with, mm. for his empire. Absolutely, yeah. So this just gives him the perfect reasoning to do that, and then even more so when Hector kills Menelaus because. And he should have let Paris do it, shouldn't he? Because that was the the thing they dealt. Yeah. And then he just ramps up again to, for God's sake, <laughs> more thousands, more people are going uh, to die. Yeah. More messes for Hector to clean up. Um, yeah. If we could talk about Hector, I think Banner's great in this. I really do. He's really good. Oh, he's best. Yeah, yeah he's very good. I think he's really like massive movie star with this role where he's completely put upon to keep yeah. bailing out people who make decisions on his behalf, when all he really wants to do is be a cosy dad and husband. Yeah. What a lovely <laughs> yeah. guy. He is the like the, the most noble man in the whole film. Oh, he, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Completely. Um, <clears throat> and the most gorgeous. Um, get <laughs> is it the stubble that's doing it for you, Rob? Are you putting Banner as the, as the highest? Um, <laughs> I, think I, I think I probably am, yeah. I think... Because it, it's the role, though. The role is the better for me. The role is the more tragic, interesting. It's the role. one with the. It's got the most nuance out of. I, I agree. The, yeah, he's like the, the reluctant players, yeah. mega warrior who has to go home yeah. and handle the fact that he's killed so many people and that he he just can't. That his yeah. dad's a nutcase and his yeah brother's a little horn dog who's caused loads of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely right. If it's not the sun dog, it's his brother's wiener. That he's always sun dog. Who's the sun dog? The sun god. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and then yeah, it's showdown time uh, because Banner yeah. has inadvertently waxed Patroclus, um, who dies horribly. Um, yeah, good stuff. Liked it. Yeah, lovely, mm. lovely. Like there's, you could die at any point in this universe, which is, I suppose, the point. And um, when they fight Banner and um, uh, Pitt, it is, I think it's a great movie fight for the ages. It's brilliant. It's its really, really good. Great hand-to-hand, well, sword-to-sword combat, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And as I say, it's just shot. It's in wides. You can see everything. It's the, You can tell that it's the actors in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, they've given... Achilles really cool moves, I think, whereas Hector is sort of more practical, like get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's a real, real high stakes moment in the middle of the film. Yeah. Mm. Because you're sort of rooting, you sort of, the way that they frame uh, Achilles, you sort of can't help but sort of be taken in by, you know, the aesthetics and, you know, what he's capable of doing on the battlefield, whether you think he's a tosser or not. Mm. The aura of him, for instance. And then Banner's just like, oh. But as soon as he rolls up, you're like, oh, he's, Banner's dead here. There's no chance. Yeah. I don't care how good a war- yeah, warrior yeah. is. He's getting, he's getting absolutely iced. It. <laughs> yeah, it's just absolutely devastating, isn't it, when Achilles sort of lands that killing blow. Oh, it's awful, yeah. It's just a real gut punch. And then to add insult to injury, he ties into his horse and just rides <laughs> off. And his body's just, like, dragging yeah. along in the dirt. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> because he doesn't give him the honour of a proper burial. And it's just so depressing. It's awful, isn't it? The, the dragging off. I mean, dear me. In front of his family. <laughs> 
<laughs> is it in this moment that Peter Tordos one of the worst pieces of oh, acting I've ever seen? Like the, oh. the faint. Yeah. Have you ever seen that gif of like Larry David pretending to have a heart attack on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Goes <laughs> 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 down like an installment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I have. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's basically that, which I don't think that is in the theatrical cut. I think he, put, Wolfgang Peterson, put that back in the director's cut. They didn't get on. Two of them. Apparently, Apparently Peter O'Toole walked yeah. out of the film, <laughs> thought it was a load of rubbish, and he thought that Peterson was an idiot. So I think he put a lot of Peter O'Toole's like really crappy takes back into the director's cut as an fu to really him. Yeah. Oh to my show God. him up to be like, look how conspiracy corner. <laughs> yeah, no, so... I think that's a good because it, it it does kind of stand out, doesn't it? His bits kind of do stand out in terms yeah. of... Yeah, he's um, dreadful. He's absolutely yeah. terrible. I don't know if it's just because he's one of these old British actors from the, you know... Over-actors. Well, it's like, um, who's that American where Charlton Heston is just yeah. awful? Well, he's from everything. the same era as Peter O'Toole. <laughs> Yeah, just overacting, just like just hamming it up well too much. Even though, yeah, you're not on stage now, lads. We've got microphones. You don't have to keep shouting. Yeah. But anyway, he he rocks up at the um, he rocks up at Brad Pitt's tent, who's been like boffing his niece or whatever. Oh it's gosh, like, what is going on here? And it's like, oh please, can I have my son back so that I may bury him and bathe him and all this stuff? And he's like, yeah, I was a bit out of order there, er. <laughs> Second <laughs> back, and we'll call a ceasefire for twelve days, so you can have your proper burial and and whatnot, which is very magnanimous of him having dragged him. <laughs> in what sort of state was that body being? Oh, in it's awful! State? Absolutely dreadful. Um, the actually no, sorry, I need, do need to give credit. This is where it is dirty. It is very dirty yeah. at this point when this is happening. Like he's, well, he's, he's been dragged by, behind a horse for a couple of miles. Of course, he's going to be in a bit of a state. Um, fabulous. He's um, not the fittest one anymore now. Well, no, no, things are Got not no looking face. so great. Um, harrowing stuff in the tent, you know. Give me my son. Uh, sorry, I'm not. That doesn't sound like I'm doing him a service here. Actually, it no, that's what he's that's like. Pretty in the accurate. Film. That's yeah. what he's like. Yeah. Allow me to bury my boy. Um, almost yeah. singing. And Brad Pitt's like, "You're still my enemy in the morning." He goes, "You are still my enemy tonight." <laughs> are you drunk, Peter? I mean, probably. Like. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, and. Um, Yes, uh, they they jet, don't they? Uh, they? They say it's a, a ten days of mourning or nine days of mourning or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you will be given the customary nine days of mourning or something like that, which is a classy move. Yeah. Um, well, it would be a classy move if it weren't for the fact that they're going to build this great big horse. Seen beans cook something up. This he? is proper villainy. I mean, I know that we're, we've got we're fans on either side here, but this is naughty stuff. Like, I know Achilles is going because he wants to find, you know, um, Rose Byrne, but mm, he really wants to go to do some more killing, doesn't he, really? Yeah, I mean... I think Achilles is on the honourable side of it, but then it's... Agamemnon just completely ignores it and just goes, "Yeah, we're not, we're not gonna honor that 
promise. Mm. And then Achilles is sort of forced into it, isn't he? I mean, how stupid are these Trojans, though? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, what are they doing taking it into the... It's a gift. What are you going to do oh, with it's, it? It's the gods again. Yeah, it is. It's actually like, we leave it here, like, no, the gods will be angry if we left it here. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, come on. It's a, it's a gift to the gods because Paris is the... Set it on fire. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> this is his only sensible bit, isn't it? Where he's like, well, we need to obviously burn it because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 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 even Bloom oh, is saying God. it. Bloom is for once not thinking with his winkle picker and says, you've got yeah. to burn this thing. I'd love it if they just did and, you know, inside well, like, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. inside and that was credits rolling. <laughs> In fairness to him, he, he had a look at it and went, no, no, that's far too big for me to have sex with. So <laughs> maybe we should just set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they bring it back and everyone's like doing choreographed moves around it it's uh, rather lovely all I could think about during this in fact was the smell inside that thing it's absolutely <laughs> horrendous like 40 men all wedged together oh, oh dear awful and then as soon, when the sun goes down oof it's time to boot some babies <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, this is the bit that's most obviously not in the theatrical cut. My jaw was on the floor during this entire <laughs> bit. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> right. So, so, lads, right, we've got this lovely, lovely Trojan horse. We're going to take it in, <laughs> into behind city walls. But when we get in there, we need to be organised. Who's doing what? <laughs> it's, it's like, who's doing general vandalism? Yep, I'll have that. <laughs> Who's in for baby chucking? <laughs> Come on, we need to do someone do Ben Cobbin. <laughs> it's the same guy. It's Terry who rocked up late to the to get in yeah. the horse and he's just like, hey okay, guys, what am I uh, what's my job there this week? Oh yeah, you'll uh, Terry, you'll be chucking babies against wall. Sorry, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and downstairs and out windows. Just, just pick them up. Yeah, yeah. Them. How many? Many you get your hands on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just Fill go your for boots, it. mate. <laughs> yeah. And then all oh, this stabbing awful. of everyone. It's absolutely dreadful that's going on. I, I started to feel like this is horrible here. I'm up for some random pillaging. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. This is this is proper. Yeah. This is not good. The, what's going yeah. on here. Um, and it's all about. War you know, crime city. Yeah. Peter O'Toole gets his hand on a sword, though, and, and goes out in a sort of, well, a, a kind of a, like a wet fish, really, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I'm surprised he didn't tip over when he tried to pick the sword up. <laughs> down I go. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, God, again, I'm, I'm going to get a reputation for sticking it to British thespians. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. quite surprising that Charles Dance isn't in this movie. Yeah, where is Chuck Again, Dance? this would be his tempo. Yes. Yeah. He's fuming he didn't get a call for Troy. Where was my call for Troy? Absolutely fuming. <laughs> Presumably Wolfgang Peterson saw Alien 3 and was not impressed. Well, yeah. well there you go. Uh, yeah, they, it's kind of the, the big finale where everyone gets it. So yes. <laughs> Rose Byrne manages to finally off Brian Cox. I have to, he's my favourite thing in this film, Brian Cox. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. The big, big Having bad. such I think a good he, time. He absolutely loves the role. Well, he he lobbied to be in it. Yeah, he really he wanted, wanted it, to be he? in it because he wanted to make an epic, and you can tell because he's having a fucking fantastic time. He's dialing it right yeah. up, chewing every bit of scenery he can get his grubby mitts on. <laughs> he's um, so good in it. He's so so good in it. It's super. 
And, I, I uh, love yeah, it. he was like, I read something somewhere like when he saw Brad Pitt, he was just like his breath was taken away <laughs> because he was in such what incredible a shape. What a, <laughs> just like, he's a beautiful, man. beautiful man. Uh, incidentally, <laughs> yeah. uh, Pitt was forty in this film. I think Hector was thirty-six. I think Banner was thirty-six. Yeah. yeah, Brad Pitt's 40 in this. Oh yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. I've got some time then to uh, get as good looking as Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on the, I'm on the Achilles diet now. No. He, now, uh, everybody who's sort of like talking about fitness goals, you know, when they think about like what's the best condition for a man to be in, they always think of like Brad Pitt in Fight Club, but he must be like 0% body fat. Oh yeah, it can't be In this, fun. like he's he's whacked a few stakes, he's like got some heft to him. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. incredible. He's do- he's really he really does look the part. He definitely does. He does. Yeah, his accent is a bit wonky, I agree with that, and you know, he's got no, he some leaden does. dialogue to spit out, but he's, <laughs> physically, he's, there's no... You, I don't know who else you could have cast back. Well, I don't know. The remit is you've got to look like a Greek god to be in this, you know, yeah. movie. And you? yeah, nailed, yeah. ticked, done, box job ticked. done. <laughs> yeah, and then also to to play what is essentially a pretty shitty character, but yeah. then also have something likable about you, which is kind of hard to get, really. And, yeah. and Brad Pitt does manage to do that in this. It definitely does. So yeah, aside from the accent, it, that's what I say. He works in a lot of ways, and then there are a few ways where it doesn't quite pull it off, but on the whole, he's pretty solid in it. You sack of wine! Oh, yeah, that's so good, yeah. <laughs> the funniest line. <laughs> you what? Like one of them... I thought going to call him a sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the things you get at Christmas when the family comes round, like in a box, and you just open it and leave it in the fridge for people to pour their own. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Agamemnon, he does look like a sack of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Big sack of Beaujolais. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make this film now, who would you cast as the central three guys? John Cena. Da, 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 da. No, no, I, you wouldn't. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't think actually, because no, I can't think. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's really, really hard is, because yeah. it, like the every big Hollywood guy is just in a Marvel movie, isn't he? So yeah. yeah. I mean, I do like Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans is just—he'd be a good Hector, I think. Marvelous. Yeah, yeah he would. He's a very likable yeah. guy. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really don't know. Maybe like a uh, Ryan Gosling as as Achilles. He could. Yeah, he could. He looks quite good with his yeah. shirt off. Although he better show up to this in shape and not like six stone overweight like he did for the Lovely Bones. <laughs> it's so funny that it's, it's funny. one of the best Hollywood stories ever. <laughs> What have you done to yourself? <laughs> this is how the actor would look. Is it now? <laughs> Great. Now I've got to cast Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet as, as Paris. Oh, yeah. It has to oh, be, Timothy be yeah. Cha- little Timmy Chalamet. Yeah, absolutely. He'd be better. Timmy Chalamet? Sounds to... like <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh... Gyllenhaal's got to be in there. Oh, Gyllenhaal would, would be good, actually. He would might be an alternative for Hector. Hector would be quite good. As, I think yeah. he'd be a great Hector, yeah. Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy as Achilles. Wow. That, that would, would be good. good. And we know he'd have the bulk from Warrior. That would be yeah. incredible. And he'd be really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Sling a wig on him and get him a false a fake tan and he'd be spot on. Yeah. 
Just re- re-team the Warrior cast. Yeah, we could do Edgerton <laughs> as Hector as well and just do a, a remake. Nick Nolte could do the, <laughs> could do the Peter O'Toole <laughs> role. <laughs> Godless son of a man. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Achilles! Achilles! Stop, you <laughs> godless son of a bitch! <laughs> Great movie. Great performance. Great performance, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was all done with affection. <laughs> um, and, yeah, Achilles uh, gets arrowed by... This is one of the, the world's Legolas. great injustices. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Here he comes. He's back. Again, all these people... Everyone dies because of yeah. Helen and Paris. And they're one of the only two that make yeah. it out, which is a disgrace, really. <laughs> All those babies being shot putted against walls, it's down to him. <laughs> it is. It is. It's so depressing, isn't it? Down to him and his pubs. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the whole film, there's like constant references to just how immature he is. It's like, because they're just like the side swipes of basically just going, you little dickhead. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's done? awful. It's absolutely just constant. Awful. But how he's the one who survived. He, he's the one who kills the great Achilles when he channels his inner Legolas. And he does. Yeah. Gets him in, in the, you know, the old fable of in, in his Achilles, which Brad Pitt apparently ruptured himself on set, which is. Yes, it's a bit strange, isn't quite it? Quite a coincidence, isn't it? A strange yeah. coincidence. But it's quite sad, isn't it, when Achilles buys the farm? Yeah. I mean, he's been involved in one of the greatest heel turns in history. All those people, you know, just. <laughs> Storming the walls to chuck babies downstairs, and and of course we we he wanted met... no part of that, Robert. He no part of that. Well, he, I'm afraid he knew just what Terry the baby cobber was doing. <laughs> he, he was not innocent. To them. He was in the horse. He, he was, was in the horse when the rolls were divvied out. Can I just find that girl? I'm kind of obsessed with. Is that all right? Yeah, just kill as many people on your way up there, please, Achilles. No, that's true. Uh, do, do you want me to? Do you want me to throw any babies? Now Terry has all of that covered. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Terry's mewling somewhere. Terry's going to find them. Um, also, we've missed the main hero of the piece who saves everyone. Pineos. Uh, <laughs> he's good. not called Great Pineos. To have him back. I know he's not. But he's called Pineos. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to go with the, the, the truth or the legend, go with the legend. So Pineos Pineos, yeah. It's like, did he not think Wolfgang Peterson, like, yeah, maybe we do that again? Because it does say, sound like Pineos. <laughs> Pineos. <laughs> You are. You, what do you mean? They were probably against the clock because everything was on fire. I was like, oh, God, can't <laughs> yeah. do that again. The set's on fire. <laughs> oh, super stuff. And, yeah, they go down <laughs> Pineus' secret passage. <laughs> and <I> escaped. <laughs> and the, yeah, there's this escape route. Pineus' escape route from Troy... And they're gone, and Troy is absolutely levelled, and yeah. it's an absolute tragedy. <laughs> so many it's people have died, but it's okay. I because... lived in time of Achilles. Oh, they'll say uh, biggest uh, biggest twist ever that Sean Bean makes it to the end of the movie yeah, with a scratch on him. Also, you know, pretty big twist, the fact that, he, that it really is villainy that they do to win Troy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Massive villainy. And oh, yeah. he's part of it, isn't he, though? You know, I, I lived in a time of Achilles. <laughs> it's not good. I, I felt really bittersweet yeah. at the end. Well, not bitter, <laughs> not sweet at all, just felt bitter at the end. I lived in a time of Achilles and Terry the baby threw <laughs> <laughs> They'll talk about these names for years. Legends. 
Terry. <laughs> right, sorry. This... Why is he called Terry? I love it. He did a baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's baker's dozen. Lucky 13, Terry. Um, what, uh, oh, let's talk favourite bits. What are your favourite bits, guys? <laughs> Far from Terry the baby <laughs> chucker. <laughs> What an outstanding cinematic character. <laughs> so every single one of the battle sequences is brilliantly shot. Great choreography, long takes, shot in wide with scale. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's top tier sort of action filmmaking. Um, it's hard to look past, though, Brendan Gleeson knocking the absolute shit out of Orlando Bloom. Oh, it's wonderful, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Is this what you left me for? Oh, and he yes. shouts that up. Yeah, yeah. It's proper oh. pub on a Friday night stuff, that isn't it? You know when there's oh, it's, a... it's proper like yeah. a drunk, uh, like the hardest man in the pub taking it out on some young whippersnapper yeah. in a Weatherspoon's car park. <laughs> 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 and it's just good because what I like about it is it just completely. If you weren't, if you were left in any doubt at all, that Paris is just as little snivelling. Um, you know, Nepo baby, who's just <laughs> he's just been living on his brother's good deeds and his father's name, and now he's he's getting some consequences, and he's just a snivelling little coward who goes crying to his brother. Yeah, signs his death warrant in the process. Well done, mate. Yeah, thanks for that, mate. Yes. Appreciate that. You really are the worst person in the world. <laughs> yes, you and your piab. Oh, um, and then basically, uh, three weeks later. Helen and Paris broke up. Didn't work out. Is that worth <laughs> it? Is that really what happened? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, such a I baby! Like I was like, oh, really? I, I was going to feel even more unjust for all Terry's misgivings, yeah. misdeeds. <laughs> uh, what? What about your favourite bits? I uh, well, I think in terms of like scenes, I really like the the battle sequence where uh, the Trojans attack under the cover of darkness, mm. which Hector was against because he thought it was it wasn't cricket. Yes. Um, I ju- that just looks amazing because they, they, they roll down those big massive bowls oh, of yeah, wood and yeah. they set fire and go into the camp and oh, it's just brilliant um, yeah that sequence is amazing but my favourite moment was after the Greeks invade Troy and uh, <laughs> they, they catch up to that idiot who wanted to bring in the horse because of the gods <laughs> And they catch him and he just looks at me and he goes, beware, my friends, I am a servant of the gods. And then it cuts to a wide and they just chuck him out of a window. <laughs> 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 it's just a brilliant cut of like this, just this, yeah, just uh, the line. Yes, of, I oh, forgot fantastic. about that. So much random lobbing of human beings in that finale. It's fantastic. Magnificent. I also really like... Um, Odysseus saying, uh, respect him, I'd rather punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just oh, superb. Absolutely. What a super great stuff. film. What a, yeah, <laughs> come on, this is movies, this is cinema. Um, mine is a very, it's a little technical one, mine. Uh, not, I don't know whether it's a technical one or not, but there's so much uh, incredibly staged, huge action in this, which really I think is some of the best you will see absolutely anywhere but when when the bloodshed is flying i mean it is really flying there's one moment where they all come together the two sides come together and i don't care what you know how protected people say armor is of the era 
but you don't look very protected in there, really. Um, and there's a moment where they, the two sides come together and there's fighting. You see swords going everywhere. And across the line of, com- of combat, there's pops of arteries going or, you know, claret going like... Pop, and, it's like a car crash. Yeah, it's like, a, like a, a cloud, like these popping clouds of red mist. And it's such a touch that I've never really seen before. You know, like, oh, and definitely not done as well as this. But, like, it's just, like, the collateral damage of these people and the visceral deaths that they're all struggling through <laughs> is just really laid bare. I thought it was brilliant. Just a, a quiet effect, a quiet touch that um, really said a lot for me, to be honest. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I know exactly the shot you speak speaking It's overhead, about, isn't yeah. it? And it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's like really, going down really the line, good. isn't it? it? Is, all yeah. the shields clash and there's like a red mist of spray. Like, is, yeah, the, yeah, that is an amazing show, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're so good. And I, I truly, I, I struggled to see the joins at times with what had to be CGI because of the scale of things. There was one moment yeah. where some people were running either away or towards the city walls and it just looked a bit poo. Like they didn't have any weight to them, like hey, ghosty people running, which I assume must be CGI. Um, but aside from that, it's it's all great. I've got no quibbles whatsoever. Cool. Mega. Shall we do Troy, the Director's Cup, for your reconsideration? Uh, James, you'll go last as, per, as is per our custom. Sai, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course it takes liberties with the legend, namely condensing a 10-year siege into a two-week war, turning the blatantly homosexual Achilles into a ladies' man, getting all sorts of stuff wrong with the legend. But honestly, who cares when it's just got everything you'd want in a bloated, big Hollywood blockbuster film such as this. It's got heroism, romance, betrayal, an absolute corker of a score from James Horner, um, some incredible fight choreography, and a cast filled with top-tier thesps with big Celtic heads hammered it up to the max, which is just all great fun in this literal sandbox. Um Overall, you know there's like plenty of the potential grumbles about the length and the quality of Benioff's script, but I just think it's a really solid Sword and Sandals epic. Um, perhaps not as emotionally effective as Gladiator. You know, I don't think it reaches the levels of that, but then what, what does? Um, but it's just so wonderfully epic all the same. But And I think we, we sort of touched upon it at the start of this. Perhaps in this post-Game of Thrones world where humongous practical sets and lush on-location photography are something of a rarity nowadays with all the green screen digital sound stages and, you know, the advancement of visual visual effects and and all that stuff. It might find a new appreciation, I think, because it's also practical. So I hope people do revisit it and I would definitely recommend you do uh, because I really, really loved it. Love it. Um, I just completely agree. Yep. Not going to doll it up any other way. Just agree. I think that um, the no, I will doll it up another way. <laughs> I will try to <laughs> say something. Um, I love the idea of it getting reappraised because this is actually so much better, especially this director's cut. Um, uh, this is actually so much better than anyone remembers or gives it credit for. Um, I think yes. one of the reasons that I like it so much more now is because at the time I remembered what it was that I felt was off about it. And so it's the spectacle was so grand in the action sequences that I felt there was something, you know, you, you didn't get the, the, the talking scenes as I used to call them as a kid to hold it together, to give it space to breathe. So that those action scenes actually meant something. And now we've got that. We've got the chance for these grand moments to breathe 
and percolate before they actually happen. And Mimi's, they, they can be built up too properly. You can really follow the story. The fact that the action choreography is amongst the best you'll find absolutely anywhere. Um, this is a Hollywood cast that are being absolute movie stars across the board, everywhere, particularly with the greatest feint committed to celluloid by Peter Rose. <laughs> 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 which I will be finding and gifting as soon as I possibly can. And uh, it's just great. Everything about it is great. This is a huge blockbuster movie that um, I don't actually think it was trying to be something it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think it was trying yeah. to be... I don't remember it being it trying to put itself forward for awards or anything like that. I don't remember. I think no, it was just like a big... massive tentpole release. It's an action delivered. movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I, I, and I certainly would say... Troy is much better than you remember, but the director's cut is actually a very good movie. Mm. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree with everything you've said there. From a story point of view, does the director's cut offer much more than the theatrical? Not especially, although it is worth getting hold of if you're hankering for Tat's side arse and the <laughs> aforementioned Ben cobbing in the finale. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's hammy and it's shallow for sure, but it's undeniably a rip-roaring romp that goes heavy on the action. And yeah, rather than like a thoughtful historical epic like, say, Gladiator or Spartacus or or what have you, it's just a big action movie. There's like a fight sequence every 10 or 15 minutes, which is pretty good going for a film of this length. Mm. Yeah. And they're all so unique, aren't they? Like all the all the battle sequences are also unique. Yeah, there's a different flavour to them all, isn't there? And a different set of yeah. like costs. And the stakes. There are stakes because there yeah, isn't any that's it. You've got to have stakes nowadays. Yeah. If you don't want to be dragged in front of your family behind Achilles' <laughs> truck. <laughs> truck! <Yeah. laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> oh, super stuff. Fellas, I love it. Um yeah, listeners, Troy, I think we all managed to get our hands on the Troy Director's Cut. Blu-ray, didn't we? Mm. So they might have actually sold out. But um, yeah, the Big River website has them at the moment for going on a song, I seem to remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super stuff, fellas. So what have we got coming next? Uh, is it my pick next? Is it I think it is, next? mate. I think it, it is. is. Oh, bollocks. Um, okay, so I'm going to bring us back to the present uh, where we will find ourselves trapped in a rural small town music venue with a punk band amongst a terrifying group of white supremacists. <gasps> For Jeremy Saulnier's Green Room, Ooh. which I believe is on the MGM channel of Amazon oh. Prime, if you have that. Oh, wow. My okay. flipping word. Uh, uh, but uh, you can asking... rent it on all of the VODs. I oh, think. my word. Uh, I'm very excited to watch this. I've never seen it. It's yeah. actually always been what I wanted to see, so I'm really, really buzzing. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm terrified because this movie scares the shit out of me. <laughs> it's very scary. <laughs> very, very scary. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Well, tune in next time, guys, for uh, Size Pick Green Room, which, uh, oh, yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, and I like it when we dip into uh, horror-y stuff, uh, you know, mm. scary stuff. I do like that. Um, super. I'm guessing it's horror. I, I have no idea. Really. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's very, it's quite horrific <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> super stuff. Um, well, thank you so much, fellas. Always good to hang out with you. Always good when we, especially when we've got an, uh, a, a classic that needs reappraising. I always love to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you very much, uh, listeners. Look after each other. Uh, hit us up with your uh, five stars of choice. Five stars of choice. Five stars on your subscription service of choice. Uh, hit us up on the Twitters. We'll have a natter. And uh, yeah, be good to each other. Enjoy life. Uh, don't 
nick each other's wives and murder hundreds of people <laughs> over it, please. Uh, and we'll see you next time. I'm off to the uh, the gym now, and I'm going to eat a whole hog on the way there because <laughs> flipping heck, I'm 40 this year, and I want to go in 40 looking like that. Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, say goodbye, boys. Bye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sorry, I was just oiling my bicep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say a different body part then, James. Oh, that too. That's uh, that that as at well. least yeah, let yeah. us get off the record first. <laughs> Absolutely not. Pineos! <laughs> <laughs> Pineos! <laughs> I can barely hold on to you, Pineos! <laughs>